Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. We have a great one today. We're interviewing Jacob Warren. He lets us know what's the biggest difference in this year than last year and why it's kind of turned around. He also gives us a little in-depth into the offense and how it works. Uh, So that's so much fun. And we talk about Florida being down in the dumps. Mullen is out. Uh, So it's a great day day to be involved, honestly. Um, Let's get into it the game snap the kick is in the air and the kick this time is no sir Reed. no sir Reed. final score tennessee 20 florida 17 pandemonium reigns loads up fires long for the end zone the pass is gonna be caught tennessee, tennessee wins by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. Okay, so before we jump into the podcast, Got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You got to go there to bet on any games. Listen, football, full swing. We're getting into bowl games. We're getting into college football playoffs. It's getting a later half of the NFL, you know, maybe some playoffs coming up. Basketball's in full swing. NBA, college basketball, now just starting up. To make all those games more exciting, you got to bet on them. Put some money down. It really gets the adrenaline going. So, for stats, for odds, for spreads, everything that you need, betonline.ag is the place to go. Uh, right now, they've just updated their um, desktop version of their website, so it looks brand new. So go there or on your mobile device, and when you sign up, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V. Five zero, so make sure and use that when you when you first sign up and you receive that fifty percent welcome bonus, which is just hey, it's extra money. Why wouldn't you do it? Um, so head on over to uh, betonline.ag. It's it's the best place to do any bets. Um, it's just the best sports book out there. So go on over. Welcome in everyone. Um, I have a little bit of a change of scenery. Uh, Wi-Fi wasn't working in my other spot, so I am in my bathroom right now. <laughs> uh, so hopefully this works a little bit better. And, uh, you know, there's certain sacrifices we have to make to get some content to you guys. So I, I'll just take it like that. Uh, Reed, how are we doing, bud? <laughs> yeah, you're just setting up. We're about to start going. You've been, as people joke, you're in your sauna that you have. Then you have your other room. Then you've had your backdrop just being like downtown Nashville. And now you're in your bathroom. And I just start cracking up. I was like, 
Well, I hope, Brianne, your wife doesn't need a potty break <laughs> while we're recording this. She was worried about that. She's like, do I need to go before you get in there? I'm like, hopefully we can make this nice, hey, short and yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's like going on a trip. It's like, uh, I don't think I need to go, but let me just go. So yeah. um, I'm doing well, though. Um, you know, it was it was a good weekend. I mean, one loss by the basketball team, but I'm not worried about it. Like, they're going to bounce back. They bounced back today with a nice win against North Carolina. Like, and even if we had lost, like, the sky's not falling. It's November. Like, and we all know that the only thing that really matters is March, and we'll see if, and you know, plus, Rick like, Martin, Villanova is a very good team. Like it's not like yeah, we lost to like a damn cupcake. Well, and the other thing is too, we shot when I one one of the times that I looked at it, we were like two of eighteen from three, and like with teams like that, it, we, there we had some teams with Bruce Pearl back in the day where we just lived and died by the three. So some days you turn on, you know, like not you know not us, we're watching the full game, but someone might turn on the TV or see sports and be like, oh my gosh, Tennessee just you know beat Kentucky by like eighteen, like holy crap. And there's other days we're gonna lose by twenty because you're just your shots aren't gonna be fall when you live and die with the three. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of turnovers too, which I mean true, true. you're never gonna win the game like that. Um, right. But hey, and you know what though, since we're talking about it, I'm excited to when we do get to some basketball season, we get to talk about it some and kind of go over it. But uh but yeah so nice bounce back win today. Um a horrendous performance by my Titans, but it's the NFL, it happens. We got tons of injuries. So let's get to what matters. And we did what we needed to do against South Alabama, and that was win me money. So Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's what was most important, using betonline.ag and winning some money on some bets. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very happy with this, this win. Like we said last podcast, this is a game that you want to not worry about and know that you're just going to go out there and perform, which is exactly what they did. There was never a doubt – um, never a question of what was going to happen. Uh, offense just never stopped. I mean, seven total touchdowns. Uh, defense played well. I, I, I'm happy that we are back to where we are and not, you know, a couple years ago losing to Georgia Southern. Like, it's not – we're not in that same – or Georgia State. I can't even remember. But, like, we're not in that same realm where we're paying teams millions of dollars for them to beat us. So, <laughs> it's very, very refreshing to see. Yeah, I mean, you think of back, uh, even it was during Butch's time, um, during Dooley's time, and then obviously during Pruitt, each one of them had games that either we lost or were much closer. And this is only year one, and we've only seen it, I guess, twice now with uh, South Alabama and with Bowling Green. But he handled business exactly like he was supposed to. It wasn't ever in question, and that's great. And we'll see Tech, too. Oh, exactly, and Tennessee Tech. So it's great, like. I mean, like you brought up that one time when Butch was here, was, uh, North Texas, which we were never worried about losing. But, you know, it was maybe closer than people thought. And, that, you know, we had some other games against some lower competition like Troy and some of these other teams that were scoring right back and forth with us. And so it's just great to see that, hey, we showed up, we handled business. And the reason I brought up the point about winning money was because I saw this line. Like I usually never bet on the Titans or the Vols just because, like, it's just a weird thing. It's like, if I do it, I feel like we're going to lose. And like you, sometimes I don't know how they're going to play. But I saw that line. I'm like 28. I was like, am I watching the same team that everyone else has been watching? I was like, we drum, like we drum Missouri. We drum South Carolina. We handle business against Tennessee Tech. Like all the teams that we're supposed to handle, it's usually, and this is what I said. I said, I think we're going to win like 52 to 
10, maybe 52, 17 at the absolute worst. I was like, so that's an easy cover. So I put the money on UT and just watched it and just basically sat there and counted my check, like counted my money, like, because I just felt so comfortable with it. I mean, we knew we we're going to put up points and I had faith in our defense to handle business and they did. Yeah, they did. Um, I would, I don't necessarily feel like going straight into specific plays, but I kind of an overall performance breakdown um, because we have a great interview coming up with a uh, vol player and Jacob Warren. So that'll be awesome. Um, but at the defense, I mean, held them uh, one of 16 on third down, like amazing. A little hesitant on the five for eight on fourth down, just like letting them get those fourth downs. That kind of sucked. Um, I really wish we had gotten a turnover during this, uh, but I think South Alabama wasn't necessarily um, risking anything. You know what I mean? Like really pushing the ball anywhere, trying to get in the tight windows. And there was a couple plays like that one one-handed catch by the dude um, where it was – I think it was Burrell that was on him. But it's just like, dang, like we cannot have that. And especially when you're p- playing lesser competition, it's like you can do that maybe versus South Alabama, but you can't do that versus the well, big dogs of the SEC. I agreed, but that receiver – He's going to be – he's projected right now like a first-round draft pick. So, at least one – and I forget his name. I, I, I It's slipping my mind. But, I mean, like, he's probably one of the best receivers they've seen all year. And I did – I mean, I was like, man, that kind of stinks that they're completing some of those. But I was like, as long as we keep them out of the end zone, we end up making the plays when we need to, like a couple deep shots here and there. Like, it is what it is. If he's an NFL player one day, then it, it's going to happen. And yeah. they had another receiver, too, who's a pretty good-sized big kid. They both caught with their hands well. Um, so, you know, but – it was what it was. We ended up handling business in a big way. Yeah. I I love the fact that Bayless finally got a returning touchdown. Like, it, it was something that he was so close to throughout the year. I mean, going into this game, he was third in the SEC in return yard. So, like, he is a good returner. And he had that one call back. Was that Tennessee Tech? Yeah. That was called back. So, it's, like, so great to see that he finally got one, finally got that, like, monkey off his back. Um we had 250 yards rushing. I absolutely love it. That is as offensive lineman dream. As, like that's exactly what you want out of your team. And I don't care if it's versus South Alabama, it's hard to run for 250 yards like versus anybody. So kudos to those guys up front, the offensive line clearing the pathway and huge shout out to Whitehead and Wright Awesome performance by both of them. I thought they played very well. I thought this was a great game for them to gain some confidence, gain some understanding of the offense, and feel like, okay, yeah, like I can play on Saturdays. Like it's – I'm not second fiddle to anybody. Um, And honestly, that is important with younger guys. So, like when you do get an opportunity like this game when you're winning so much and get a chance to put in younger guys or put in – second string and everything, it's very important. I mean, it really is. Like that, those kind of games where you're blowing out teams and then bowl practices are so, so important for your guys that are past first string, second, third, younger guys, freshmen, red shirts. Like that is so important for them. So that's why it's like such a huge advantage to go to a bowl, not only for like recruiting and your guys really enjoy it and you get like a lot of fun out of it. And you can tell recruits like we're heading in the right direction, but also 
coaching up the younger guys and letting them understand more and more and more about the playbook and and feel like, okay, I can do this. This isn't too far ahead of me because a lot of guys, I mean, when I came in as a freshman, I felt like that, like definitely felt like that where I was like, oh man, like I don't know if I can really compete with these guys. It's always in the back of your head, but then, you know, you gain confidence over time. So I just love the fact that we just got bowl eligible with that win. So it really sets that up. And, you know, Heupel's not, he's not afraid to throw guys in there when, when they need to be and, and take the starters out. So love that. Love, love everything of the outcome of this game. Yeah. I was happy that you mentioned VJ, uh, Vilas Jones Jr. But because I was watching and before he returned that, they threw like a little out route to him. And it was so funny. Like he, he catches it and I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, he's about to break this. And the guy comes up and tries to make a tackle and he, make, he makes the guy miss and he gets another, you know, five, 10 yards, you know, 15 yards, whatever it was. And I was like, he really is special with the ball in his hands in his own way. Like we talked about, like, he doesn't even look like he's moving that fast. He's very smooth. He, he kind of glides, but he's got like that Alvin, L A K Alvin Kamara, like kind of like balance that he's going to break a tackle, but like, it's just like they either bounce off of him or he just kind of keeps running and they just fall off. But like, he's really smooth with it. And then when he gets the kick return, I turn around and I'm, I'm like, Oh, here he goes. Oh, he's got a chance. And then, like, it's just kind of effortless. So it is special to see. And, I, and I'm and i happy for him because it was a big deal when he transferred. Everyone was like, hey, like, this is pretty good get. Like this. And then last year I just felt like he didn't really get many opportunities. And, you know, um, and, and, and so I was just happy that he got to come back and, and in this offense, like, have a really, really good season. Um, so that's good for him. I love the, seeing the younger guys too. Like you said, I was it was great to see Jalen Wright back out there. I mean, I feel like I hadn't seen him since you know Pitt. And then Whitehead was running tough and running hard. And my man Pierce, the walk on was back in there. I love, dude, that guy looks like anytime he's in there, he looks like he's shot out of a cannon. And I love it. Um, it was good to see Joe Milton play some. It was great to see all those other offensive line. You know, I, I loved it. I mean, it was just a good game. Like you said, people, you know, and you've said it. So I'm just kind of repeating what you said, but you can practice all you want and I don't care if it's a blowout in the good way or the bad way or whatever, but when you still get to step into Neyland and those lights are going, like it's still something that you can, it's all about building your confidence. So I love that we saw that. And yeah, it's like, to my knowledge, I don't think we had any major health concerns, you know, or, or injuries or anything. Um, I know I saw Cade go out. I don't know if he came back in, you know, hopefully he's, he's all fine. And, like you said, like handle business against Vandy. Let them know that they are little brother, and then um, let's get some good bowl practices. And I, I want, man, I this year I am so freaking excited for the bowl. Like usually I'm like bowl projections this, bowl projections that, like whatever. Like let's just go in. No, like this year I'm chopping the bits. I hope we get a big name. Like I hope we get a Clemson or in Iowa, or Nebraska, or not Nebraska, Iowa, or Wisconsin, or, you know, or like uh, Oklahoma State, just one of these that are ranked in that 12 to 18 to 20 range, and just go and just put it on them, you know? Yeah. So I hope that happens, too. I mean, I feel like with, you know, Auburn losing to South Carolina, um, that kind of helps our chances of getting one of those games, because you really look at all the SEC teams that are in the 
top tier. So it's, you know, Georgia, Bama, and then you got Ole Miss, you got Mississippi State, um, you got Arkansas up there. Um, and then after that, it's like, hey, like we beat Kentucky. We travel better. Like we're going to get a better game than them. Um, you know, Florida's fighting to be bowl eligible. Uh, you know, South Carolina just got balls where we whooped them. Um, who else on the West? LSU. Uh, it, it's just like, you know, we're right there, like five or six. So hopefully we can get a good bowl game. I mean, you know, the usual, they like to send us to Music City because we're so close. Um, and I can't remember what date. You, you got some I think good, it's the 30th. You had some good Florida games. You had yeah, two I mean, I, yeah, we went to we went to some Florida games when I was there, but like, yeah. yes, but I think it literally depends on like where you're at in the echelon yeah. of SEC teams. Yeah, like whether you're going to get there or not. So your junior and senior year, when it started getting that, time, well, hell, maybe the whole time you were there, because even when you're younger, you're like, I want some good as batas, you know. So you're wanting some of the some of the uh, stuff that they give out from these bold things but like were you starting to look at this stuff like projections or like thinking about where you could go or what game you could get uh no i don't think we were looking at that um especially the my junior year because we had to win versus vandy to get ball eligible so like that was like all that was on our minds um the next year i guess there was a little bit of talk because going into the last game we were already there and it was like okay i wonder what we're gonna get we should get a florida game because you know we travel well we're a really good team um we're better than our record says because of how close the games were that we lost um right. and Oklahoma, like that year, Oklahoma and yeah. Alabama were in the college football yeah. playoff and it was like yeah. okay we played the two of the top teams you know and we were close on yeah. both of the games so absolutely overtime and should have won the other one yeah, exactly. So it's just like we knew that we would get a good spot and we would probably be able to jump a team that maybe had a better record than us. Um, yeah. So I was really happy with that Outback Bowl because, like, you do get better stuff the higher bowls you get. Like, I remember guys saying, you know, um, like New Year's Six balls, they were getting, like, PS4s it just to that, just yeah. go into the bowls. And it's like, bro, I got a fucking jacket at a Tax Slayer Bowl. <laughs> like, what do you mean you got a PS4? <laughs> We can hey, we can we can talk about that. Uh, that'd be a good thing to bring up for our bowl pod, our podcast that we have like bowl week or whatever. Because I have some stuff about that too, and I know you have some good stuff. But um, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about the South Alabama game? Bring up any kind of players or, or shout outs to guys um, before we I mean, get to our interview. I can just- I mean, I always can shout out a few. I thought Roman Harrison was running real well last night. He had some really nice big hits. Um, and I'll be honest with everyone. Like, I was watching the game, but I was also, like, doing stuff at the same time. So, I was, like, kind of score checking and watching. And But, um, no, I mean, I just – Cedric Tillman, that was a hell of a catch down the right side when he went up in Moss Buddy again. He really does remind me so much of Mike Evans because he's not the fleetest of feet, but he, he attacks the ball well. He uses his body well. I always jokingly said I always see him sometimes running with his hand up and kind of stumbling because someone overthrew him. Well, another thing I feel like I always see is him catching a pass and someone in his ankles trying to tackle him, and he's, like, still, like, trying to go, go. And I'm like, just get down, my guy. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean – 
defensively, I mean, Big Omari Thomas, another great play. I'm excited for his future. Matthew Butler doing Matthew Butler things. Um, you know, kind of everybody, you know, in a game like that, and we played well and handled business like we were supposed to. Like, everyone kind of did what they needed to do and had some good, you know, some good plays. And um, Alante brought the, brought the intensity again. Theo was out there doing what Theo does. Yeah, so it was just – I noticed the, a lot of the same type of guys, but for the good reasons. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good out of this game, uh, seeing out of guys. So, um, but I, I think you're, I think you're on with everyone else too, because I was doing the same thing where I was like doing laundry or like helping with the dishes, like while watching the game, um, and like popping back up, like sliding back in and being like, oh, nice play, and then going back out. Yeah, uh, just because well, it was, was South uh, Alabama. People, people will love this, but I was having to clean my room. <laughs> living, at the, living back, living at the back Chinese at the Chinese restaurant. Reed's got a room in the back, and he's got to yeah. clean it up, or his mom's yeah, going to get on him. Everyone knows I sold my house, moved back out with my parents, and so it's like I had so much crap. And like over the weeks and months, like I was putting stuff up, but then clothes were like the number one thing that like we're still all over. My mom was finally like, all right, Reed, like you got to do something with this room. So I was, I, it was, it was perfect. I got to watch a game and put some stuff up. So. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So overview of the South Alabama game. Now we're going to jump into a fantastic interview with Jacob Warren. Um, we talk about, you know, some of the biggest differences between last year and this year, what Heupel has brought um, to this team and how their offense works, what what we see out of there that me and Reed have broken down before, um, and he kind of explains it to us. So, fantastic interview. Uh, let's jump into it. Okay, so we welcome on a very special guest today. He is a Farragut Admiral legend That's and right. the king of Knoxville. It is tied in for the University of Tennessee, Jacob Warren. How are you doing, bud? Not quite. That one was a little too far, but no, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Um, I'm so glad that you came on. You, uh, we were just uh, we were talking before the podcast that you reached out whenever I mentioned you uh, getting that big block versus that Kentucky linebacker, and you actually knew the guy. Yeah, yeah, DeAndre DeAndre Square is my boy. So we went. Um, to an all-American game out of high school, like a senior bowl type thing down in Louisiana. And he was my roommate actually like in the hotel and like spent a lot of time with him throughout the week. Um, you saw me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you, did you say anything okay, to so him or did he like, hey, well, like you got me bad. Yeah. Yeah, right. So <laughs> After the play, whatever, like we had ran back to the huddle. You know how we are, like our offense. I'm not worried about talking to him. Like I'm looking for the signal and stuff. So then it was after the next play, he came to me. He's like, what's up, Jacob? And like, dab me up. He's like, dude, you got me good. I ain't gonna lie on that crack block. I was like, I know, bro. I didn't know if he was gonna say something about it or not. But but yeah, no, I got a hold of him. He said, good block though, man. Keep it up. Like, keep doing what you're doing. And I told him like, yeah, man, just keep balling. I've seen you seen you doing your thing. Like, good luck this game, whatever. Like, just Yeah, I was like, I, that has to be quite an embarrassing moment. To just be like, yeah. He handled it well, though. He did. He handled it well. Um. All right. So before we get into anything else, I want you to plug, promote all your NIL deals. Let mm -hmm. us know what you got going on, you know, any kind of offer codes or, or whatever's, whatever's happened. So, so go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 
I'll start with the first one that I got, which is um, a company called Sneakerhead Golf. They are like just a small company. It's run by a couple, um, Connor and Lex. Shout out you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, you can find it on my Instagram. They make essentially like golf gear. So towels, um, they make head covers, they make ball markers and stuff, essentially just um, sneaker culture inspired. And they make a lot of um, custom Jersey covers and stuff like that. So they do a lot of really cool things. Um, obviously my biggest one I'd say is Craven wings, which is a local wing spot out in, and there's one in Farragut and there's one in Seymour. Um, and like, truthfully, like my favorite wing spot, some of the best wings in Knoxville. Um, they do a great job. They really enjoy having me a part of their team. I love being a part of theirs. Um, so shout out Craven Wings. Make sure y'all go, y'all go check them out. The new Sauce 87 um, is my Dude, I think, I, think if, if, I think if I was playing during this time, I would have so many food places. It's got to be food, right? <laughs> all the food. <laughs> I mean, but, when um, you're pushing 330, it's all about how many calories you can get in. <laughs> 100. That's the that's the brand. So, um, yeah, I've got a couple of things. I got some right here, with, like sour strips. Um, just like a little sour candy company that, that, will, that will hook me up with some, with some candy every once in a while. Um, and I've got a couple of things in the works. So, um, keep looking out on the social medias to see what, what's coming up. Heck yeah. Love hey, that. Hey, Jacob, um, I got a, I got a follow, I got a follow up to that. So how yeah. did those come about? Um, so the sour strips one, the candy one, actually, I'm just like, I'm a big candy guy. I love sour stuff. So um i reached out to them was just like hey like i'd be willing to promote y'all stuff on my instagram stories and stuff like that if you just send me you know a little pack a little a little gift pack or whatever every once in a while and they're like yeah for sure we'd love to do that i know they do oh, a lot of other okay. they do a lot of other athletes and stuff too so um but the craven wings justin crest the owner actually reached out to me on social media on twitter and was just like hey um we're a small business, like a local business that we think would benefit from having someone like you, you know, they, one of their stores is actually in my hometown, like right there in Farragut. So they were like, you know, we'd love to have you specifically because, you know, a lot of people around the area know my name and know my face. And um, it just made a lot of sense for us to work together, kind of um, being like the local kid and the local, local restaurant. So they, they hit me up talking about that one. So that's usually how it goes. If it's um, something I really would like to get into, I'll reach out to them. And if it's something that they're kind of looking for someone specific and they kind of want me, then obviously I'm honored to to take that opportunity. Yeah. So really, hey, I have one. I got one follow up, Kyler. I'm sorry. Um, with all this stuff going on now, is it a big talk in the uh, in the locker room? I mean, I, I know everyone jokes about when it's like in the NFL and stuff and when Kyler's time in the NFL, he and I would talk about this, like, obviously you don't get in other people's pockets. You don't talk about different stuff, but is it still something that is is brought up where it's like, hey, congrats on, you know, the Craven Wings or like, hey, I heard you're doing this or doing that. Or then is it like jokes about like, I'm over here getting this and you guys aren't getting anything or, or how is that in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to get some – some comments about like, Oh, big, big NIL guy or big money guy, whatever it may be yeah, yeah, from yeah. some people. So it's all, it's all just kind of jokes. So we all understand that, you know, these opportunities are really big for all of us. And um, we're just happy to see everyone succeed. Like um, I saw Bayless the other day, I got an apartment, com the apartment complex that he lives in actually wanted to do some work with him. 
so he had posted a video and I was like, dude, I think that's hilarious and awesome that you work for your apartment complex. Like, I just thought it was cool. So it's stuff like that, just kind of congratulating each other and just being happy that we're all getting these opportunities. So, but no, 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 no real money talk. Everybody kind of keeps on the low about, about all the money. and what that is, I, That's what I figured it would be, but it is, yeah, it is neat to say, it is neat to see some of those different things. For sure. Yeah. I feel like when, when one guy like signs like a big one, whoever it might be like next day he comes in it's like oh what's up made of money now huh right like don't ask hey don't ask me to buy you anything bro (laughs) nope Mm -mm. you can't ask me for nothing because i know you got it (laughs) (laughs) um okay so the biggest question that i wanted to ask you and i think everybody wants to know Mm -hmm. the answer to is everyone's new there coaching staff, a ton of players, I mean, all the way up to the top AD. And there's been such a huge change in how this team is, how they react in the games, how much fun you guys are having. I mean, literally the play on the field. So, I mean, what would you say is the biggest difference from, you know, when you guys are going into Texas A&M last year versus going into Vandy this year, like going into your last game, like what? What has been the huge, biggest difference to really put you guys now? You're bowl eligible, um, you know, possibly win seven games. Like, what is it that that made that huge change? Yeah. Um, so I think it all started whenever Danny White got here as the AD. Right. He intentionally sat down with with the football team and was like, "Look, guys, like, I understand that we can go out and make this decision, and we could bring in a guy that we think." would be good for you or whatever. But he was like, I want to know what you guys, what you guys need and what you guys want, like from a coach. And so we all like really thought that that was something like out of the ordinary. Like usually you wouldn't think that the players would get to be involved in like selecting the coach and doing all that stuff. But we told him like, look, man, we need someone who's going to bring like a true, like family atmosphere. We need someone that, that is, is a real like, um, that really cares about his players that really um, intentionally loves on his players and all these other things. And so um, he was well-informed about what we wanted and what we needed. And so obviously he made that happen with coach hype. And so now once he, once he gets here and like we start buying into what his staff says, and obviously there was some people that ended up leaving because they didn't believe in this process and they didn't think that it was a fit for them, which is fine. But now that we've kind of fine-tuned, like ourselves and um, kind of gotten comfortable with the process. They call it the process, right? The weekly grind, like what you have to do to get yourself ready to play on Saturdays. Um, everyone's kind of just fallen in place and gotten comfortable with that now. And so what you see on Saturdays is you see us just going out there and, and just um, executing the plan that we've had that starts on Sunday. You know what I mean? It all starts over every week and it's like, all right, now I got to, what do I have to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? whether it's red zone, whether it's third downs, whether it's short yardage. Um, the the game is really just like the test for what, you know, we're studying all week, studying all week, doing all this other stuff. And then we take the test on Saturdays. And so we're able to perform because we're, we're just prepared better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so <clears throat> it's just a confidence. I think really, honestly, it's, it's confidence, it's trust and love for the coaches from the players. Um, everything goes into it. And that's why you see, you know, this is, this is a hard fighting 
bunch of dudes, right? Like we're not going to quit. We're not going to lay down. And that's because we genuinely like care about, about what we're playing for and, and who we're playing for. And we honestly believe that we can go in any Saturday and, and beat anybody just like playing up. That's just simple how it is. So um, yeah, I mean, that mentality has gone. I, I think that first drive versus Georgia is proof of that where you're gonna right. be like, like, I don't care who you are. Like I'm going right. to try and whoop your ass. Mm-hmm. Every play. Hey, uh, hey, Jacob, I got a follow up to that. <clears throat> and and I've heard a bunch about that on different uh, just interviews that people have talked about and stuff, but that this this coaching staff is so driven off process. Hey, you take care of Sunday. And we'll worry about Monday when it gets here, and then we're going to do take care of Monday and, and so on. How is that different than the the previous staff? Like, and the reason I ask that is because I know from playing and Kyler from playing and hearing other multiple other coaches, it usually is about the process. Is that not how it was with, with the other staff or kind of how did they approach things? Yeah. Honestly, like this is 100% honest. I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, and this sounds stupid. Like it sounds like I'm lying to you. Like, I just don't want to talk about it, but like, I just, people ask me like, what was it like last year? What was practice? Like, like I, I genuinely, like, I don't remember all I can think about is like how we did in spring ball. And obviously like, I remember, you know, last year on Mondays we had, you know, pads and whatever, Tuesday we had pads and there wasn't as much of a specific um, focus on, like I was saying earlier, like tight zone today, tight zone only. That's all we're going to work on. We're going to perfect our tight zone plan so that we can wait. You know I mean? If we spend all day on it on Tuesday, it, no matter when we re- revisit it on Friday for our walkthroughs, like it's still going to be fresh in our minds rather than just like trying to hit all of it every day. Does that I make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, so you're hitting, you're hitting like a subject a day compared right. to doing four or five, six, seven things, then trying to remember all. When does your week start? How, when's your off day? Is your off day on Sundays or Mondays? Yeah. Today we've got recovery day. Um, yeah. So we'll go in there and get the treatment that we need post game, um, get some food and then kind of just take it easy the rest of the day like watch film and stuff on the game on the game from the day before. And then um, we'll start kind of ramping it up throughout the week. But our major work days, like probably many other people are on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And that's when yeah. we're really, really hitting it hard and, and trying to keep our body right. You know, you can't go the whole, the whole season and not practice like fitting up on guys and shooting your hands and like really fitting up. So, those are our major work days. And the other days we'll kind of just focus on the mental side and getting everything fine tuned to where we can play really fast and, and, and be successful. When, when do you all go in on Sundays? Oh, it's, it's not till later. I think it's kind of like a, a flow thing. You kind of just come in uh, whenever you need to. Oh, that's high. Okay. I was just curious. Like, I just remember. It, are you guys going in individually or is it like, Hey, tight ends were meeting at four or. So, yeah, it all is technically individual. Like, you can come in whenever, but um, all the tight ends will come in and watch watch the film together and do this, and we'll go down and get the food trucks and stuff and just hang out and eat. And that's just something that we do together just because. That's, that, that's a good so idea. nice. I mean, you get, you get so closer nice. with the guys in your unit, so. Sure, yeah. Um, I did want to jump into some of the offense. Now, this is – been some of the most fun football to watch because you guys are just blowing up the scoreboard right having drives where it's literally one play and touchdown Mm -hmm. and as an offensive guy i absolutely love it Mm -hmm. i love to see it um but i did i had a couple questions i know reed has probably some but 
there are certain plays you guys run where half of the receivers to one side don't even run routes. Mm-hmm. You guys just stand there and like let Hendon throw it one on one on the other side. What it like? What is that coaching point like? Like, what does Hypel say to you guys? Where he's yeah. like, "Hey, don't even worry about it. If he can't make this throw, then he'll just run it himself." So you guys right. just take a break of it. Like, is that just the coaching point? Yeah, I mean, just the way that we play. Um, obviously, we're playing super fast and like. If you run a route every single play, you're going to get gassed very, very fast. And so it's a kind of just like the concepts that we will run. Um, like you said, like it's either it's either there or, you know, I mean, you don't have check downs backside. So the ball's got to get pushed to the concept side or it's got to get checked down, whatever it may be. Or luckily, Hendon, you know, great on his feet. So he's able to scramble and make stuff happen. But um, yeah, that's kind of just the way that we're able to play fast is that, um, you know, you guys take your breather and just know that like, you know, I mean, you're going to have to be ready to go next play or next later in the drive, whatever it may be. So just the way that, that goalish and that hype will kind of dial it up is just to kind of keep everyone fresh and keep everyone like ready to go. If that makes sense without yeah, getting, you feel like there. sorry. Do you feel like there's like a plan like hey we're going to run this type of play where you guys get to take off like every sixth play yeah I think it's I think it's more of like um coach Golish he's up in the box hypo's down the field obviously they can see who's kind of like breathing hard right like and they can tell like okay let's take it off of of said said just caught a bomb for 45 yards like this kid's gonna be tired let's go over here and let's let's work this side and then give him a breather so then he can be ready to go whenever we need him. You know what I mean? Instead of sending him, him catching a big post and then him running a dig on the backside of a concept for no reason, just not even to get the ball. Does that make sense? Like that's kind of how their their philosophy on it, I think. Okay. That, that, that makes more sense in my head. And I don't think I've really ever seen that. I mean, we, we did up tempo my last couple of years there too. And there, I don't think I don't. We never had it to where like, hey, receivers, just take this play off. Like it's only going one way. It's only going to one guy, and if it's not him, quarterbacks running. So I think that's awesome to see. I mean, it's just like, it's something different that hype has come up with to just help you guys. Yeah, I so, think it's. Uh, I I think it's besides saying awesome, I think it's pretty genius. <clears throat> it's one of those things that you probably don't think to do until someone else does it and it and it goes along well because most people are like what the hell are they doing just standing there like what but, right. but you're right there's there's zero point like right. there's zero so don't overthink stuff like who cares what other coaches fans media like doesn't matter like it's it's very smart <clears throat> the one thing i wanted to ask you jacob is i've been talking to kyler and after watching coach hype i feel like we legitimately have a um an advantage on the sideline with him, with with calling the plays or just his offensive prowess or, or whatever. And there's times when we might get a two, three-yard gain on first down, and then mm-hmm. I love saying we. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> oh, that's fine. As if I'm on the team. But anyway, so you guys get a two- or three-yard gain on, on first down, and then maybe it's a run for like a negative yard. So you're looking at a third and nine and yeah. a third and 11. And he looks like – he just never gets flustered, and it seems like you guys never get flustered. It's like, yeah, we're going to have some negative plays, but it doesn't matter because it's almost like he always has these ace ups his sleeves for these third and 11s or third and six. I, I just didn't know if that's how you guys feel or – 
kind of kind of you can expand on that or yeah um i hate to keep going back to it but like it's super simple the way that that they do it because like you said they never get very flustered because we have we have that plan right like on say when we're practicing third downs we don't just practice okay well today's third downs make sure you push to the sticks like it's all right we're going to practice our third and short plays we're going to practice our third and medium plays our third and long plays so if it's 10 yards we're going to run this play if it's six yards we're going to run this play so it's there is a plan going into it which there has to be because you know those plays are getting getting signaled very fast because they i don't know i don't know how to explain it other than just like they know what's going to happen before it happens like if say okay we're going to run this play we don't get it or if we are end up in third and long like you said we're going to go to this one if we're in third and short we're going to this one we're going you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. No, it makes that's perfect sense. Why yeah. That's why they're able to to just stay so calm, and you see shots of him on the sidelines, just like just stone cold, like just ready to go. You know what I mean? Like he's locked yeah. in, just, just like the rest of us. So us seeing that is is great. You know, you, you'd hate to look over onto the sideline, and your coach is like, "Oh gosh, like what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" Like, no, like, right? You want to look over there and see him confident, and then you're like, "Okay, for sure, he believes in the call. Let's go out there and execute it." So he. Uh... <laughs> when you see him in like pressers and different stuff like that, or like talking to the media, like he can kind of, in my opinion, he can kind of come off as like a goofy guy. But then when Kyler and I met him, we came to watch practice a couple times. Dude's like got some swag about him. Like he, he's, he's, I mean, he was, he was cold blood in his own right. So it's kind of nice to see that. Yeah. So. Sure. I think, I think him being a former player like helps in that way. Where right. He's like, listen, you got to be confident in yourself. You got to be confident in the guys around you. And you, like, you can't let someone else determine what you're doing. You know right. what I mean? Like, he was, as a, he was a dude. He was yeah. a dude, too. They, people forget, like, yeah, Heisman candidate runner-up, like, national championship winner. Like, he was a real dude. So, he understands exactly what the mentality needs to be to, to be successful. Yeah. I just absolutely love it. It's, um, it's a lot different than previous coaches when they, like, pan to him on the sideline after, like, a – say false start or a holding or or yeah. a turnover or whatever they pan to him and he's just like all right how are we gonna bounce okay. back from that's it and it's not like red <laughs> right. face right. screaming at somebody and that's right. so refreshing to see mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah <laughs> um i also wanted to ask you because when we're when we're breaking down the games afterwards that georgia game breaking it down And, you know, credit to those guys. I know that they got really good players on that defense. I know that defense is elite. I mean, you see it throughout this season. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. A lot of those guys are going to be in the NFL, you know, playing for a long time. But watching that game, I didn't really see it as their defense is suffocating or their defense is the reason why we're getting stopped. I saw it as we didn't execute when we could have. There was mental errors or – or you know, just not hitting the routes at the right spot, not throwing the ball at the right place, not having our eyes correct in pass protection. So, it's, like, I think we beat ourselves. Like, do you did you guys get that connotation, like, rewatching film? Like, dude, if we would have just, you know, hit on these certain things, like, this defense couldn't really stop our offense. Right. Yeah, you hate, you hate like, losses like that. And, like, similar how it happened to Alabama. Like, you go back and you watch it and – like along the course of the of the game, you never know what play it is that really, <clears throat> I wouldn't say ruins the game, but really turns like the tide of the game. You don't know when it happens, 
but you go back and you watch film, you're like, at that moment, that's that is a time when the whole game changed. Like when would he drop that pass or when this offensive lineman missed this or when the tight end was on the wrong side on, you know, one of these protections and then something comes off the edge. Like that's the moment when all the momentum shifted and our offense was becoming less successful and their defense started looking like they were these, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um so it's harder to to watch those than it is to watch whenever you if you just get beat you just get straight up beat. It's hard to watch, but it's like okay, like you said, those guys would be in the NFL. Those guys are number one defense. It's easy to say that, like if they like truly just like straight up beat you. But when you watch yourself up on there, or you watch your team up there, and it's like, man, like if I could have just done this, I could have just done that. It would have been a totally different game. Like if we would have got. God forbid, if we would have got this call, it would have been a totally different game. Um, yeah, it's tough to watch that. But um, obviously, that's why you you go back and you watch the film and you learn from it. And then you try to be better the next week. And that's all. That's literally all you can do, which, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I remember watching film on those Sundays and just like replaying the same play over and over. Like, right. God dang it. No way I did that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Reed, you got any more questions for him about the offense or anything? No, I, I, I mean, I don't want to go off topic or off subject or whatever, but I wanted to ask Jacob about like his recruitment, like coming out of high school. Um, and cause I, I, at the time I was living in Nashville, so maybe I wasn't keeping up with it as much or whatever, but I mean, going to Farragut, uh, I mean, did you grow up in Knoxville your whole life or did you? Okay. Yeah. So I was, I was born in Texas. Um, moved to Knoxville. My whole my whole mom's side of the family is from Knoxville. My dad's side okay. from Memphis. So we moved back to, back back up to Tennessee to just be closer to them. And that was when I was like probably like one or two years old. Like that was a long. Oh, okay. Time. So I was practically raised just raised all in Knoxville. Um, grew up in Farragut like my whole life. Um, recruiting wise, let's see. It's weird. Like I never. I guess going into like freshman year and like sophomore year of high school, didn't realize like, I guess my potential and I didn't really have a vision for where I wanted to be at the end of high school or where, you know, like I hadn't set those goals for myself yet, but then um, my junior year, I obviously get a chance to play like a lot and start and start catching a lot of balls and like making a lot of plays. And then everyone's like, Oh my gosh, like, blah, blah, blah. Like all this, people talking about me and talking about that team. Cause that team in particular was like a very, a very solid high school football team. We ended up winning that state championship my junior year. Um, and at the end of that, that year is when I got my first like offers, I guess, uh, Texas San Antonio was my first one. And then like Oklahoma state and then ended up getting Tennessee and South Carolina, like really quick. I think those are my third and fourth offers was Tennessee and South Carolina. And so, like y'all know how it is whenever a kid gets offered by really any big power five at all. Right. And especially SECs, for some reason, like everybody else wants to offer him to just because of the fact that like Tennessee wants you, so many other people are going to come and try to recruit you. So um, ended up picking, picking up like 20 something offers um, was a three-star, which I mean, uh, I don't really care about all that, but um, ended up being a three-star out of high school, ranked pretty decently in state and stuff. So um, let's see, 
did you always know that uh, like you wanted to go to Tennessee or where'd you take your officials to or kind of where were you looking at besides Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing. Like going throughout the whole process, it was – I didn't want to just um, like be like, ah, oh, no, I don't want – you know I mean? I don't want to talk to you. I'm just going to go to Tennessee. Like I didn't want it to be like one of those things where I limited myself and didn't kind of like explore my opportunities and everything like that. But my parents actually – like you would think, right, my dad played football here back in the day um my brother was at tennessee at the time my whole family's in knoxville and stuff like it, it was pretty obvious like i was staying here right but like my parents were both like look like it would be you would be selling yourself short if you didn't <clears throat> take all these visits and go and just see what's out there for you um so i took a lot of trips to south carolina um i took a trip like to wake forest um duke vanderbilt louisville um those are like some of my favorite places i guess and we took a trip out to oregon one time that was that was an oh wow that was cool uh, but it's just tough like the same reason why i stayed here like it was tough going across the country and like i had my mom with me and like it was still tough like you know what i mean right. um so that was obviously in the long run why i ended up staying was because you know if i wasn't playing ball where would i be like i'd be at tennessee um okay cause they just had a lot of the programs and school stuff that I was interested in and uh, wanted to stay, stay with my family so they could come watch me and all those different things. Which, uh, which staff was it? Was it Pruitt's first year or was it Butch or I, you might've had some overlap, I guess, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I was recruited by Butch um, and Larry Scott was a tight end coach then. And then Butch's last season was my senior year of high school. Right. So he had gotten fired, like what, like November, I think. Um, and then Pruitt staff had gotten hired in December. And that was that was when I was like around taking my official visit. So I took my official visit, I think like the second week that Pruitt and his staff had gotten to town. Okay. And, then, and then ended up, I wanted to be an early enrollee here, right? And that was my plan all along with Butch and everything. And so... It was like a super weird time, obviously, as you would assume. Like the head coach gets fired, and in a month and a half, you're supposed to be like at school and like enrolled at, at the university. And you're like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, what's going on? Like, who's gonna be the coach? And luckily, like Pruitt came in and they honored my scholarship and they were like, No, we still want you and everything. So I ended up um doing the the early signing and and um getting to campus January of twenty eighteen and skipping that last semester of my senior year of high school. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Ever since then, it's just been a get bigger, get stronger, get better, get smarter. <laughs> it's just been a grind yeah. since then. So. You have uh, – now, Kyle and I were talking about this last night, and I should have double-checked, but a great show prep. But you you have technically after this year, you could be another two years, right, if you wanted to? Yeah, because of COVID and I registered. Yeah. That's what I thought. And you uh, – I'm assuming you have – um, well, I'm guessing that you have aspirations and maybe want to play at the next level or. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I think everybody like wants to and like dreams of doing. Right. And if that opportunity presents itself, then I'm all over it. Like I'm, I'm going to attack it like a hundred percent and try to do my best and play as long as I can. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know, I know Kyler's a, a huge fan of yours and, and um, getting to watch you and then getting to, uh, I guess pay pay more attention to you because of Kyler and stuff. But I mean, you you've been playing awesome and you've been playing great. So keep working, and you never know how things will turn out. Obviously, 
you have the 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 physical side it's just you know three six four six five six six guys just standing around talking on a beautiful sunday just a bunch of studs <laughs> yeah right of course <laughs> right <laughs> just, a bunch of, just a bunch of 240 and 50 pound just monsters on this zoom call mm-hmm. <laughs> all three of us <laughs> hey i remember yeah i remember we were in practice this, this year and you came up to kyler and saw and then you ran up i was like dang i knew jacob was big but like dude is dude's a unit like that's a big boy people don't realize till you're up on them and then you're like oh my gosh it's way bigger than i thought he was <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always always hated that because you know, walking around in real life, I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm big. And then I get in the locker room and there's six, nine tackles and six, man. six tight ends. I'm like, God dang, yeah. I thought six, four was tall. I tell you what, man, like that's something like I feel, obviously I'm one of the taller guys on the team. Right. But I still feel like normal when I'm there because you're surrounded by dudes, you know, there's no one there that's like, no offense to anybody. <laughs> there's no one there that's like short, right? Like, yeah. like nobody, <laughs> nobody really under like, five eight right yeah so you're around a bunch of like six foot six three like pretty pretty tall guys and then you know i'll go out and be just walking to class or something and i'm just like there's no way like i feel so weird right now because i'm so much bigger than everybody else (laughs) i don't like being in big crowds because like i just feel like people are just staring at me because i'm like a foot taller than everybody else like i don't know it's it's, i'll say it's a struggle man People will say hey, they you know, people you, say they want to be called. All those, I, I know for a fact you get those people that are like, "You must play football. You must play basketball." And it's like, "Yeah, sweet, like thanks." I basketball <laughs> every time, man. Basketball every time. I said, "No, I don't play basketball." Mm-mm. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah I, I, it, it, for for all the people out there, if you ever see Jacob or see any uh, football player, we can see you looking. Yes, like, I promise. It's obvious <laughs> when they're like. You can't look at me like discreetly. You have to look up and you kind of got to like, you know, I me mean, turn your head. So it's kind of obvious whenever you're looking at me. Yeah, exactly. It's so awkward too. Every time yeah. I always I, hated going to eat with other guys on the team. Cause it's like, right. really, we're trying to make a scene here. Right. You can't not make a scene. Like you walk in and everyone's going to look at you and like, it's not even like a, Oh, look at me. Look who I am. Cause like, they don't know who I am. They just know that I'm freaking huge. So they're like, wow, why is that guy so big? Yeah. See, see, that's what you that's what frustrates me, like for, for you two individuals and for other people, like in that in that spotlight. Like, don't come up and be like, hey, do you play football for Tennessee? Like, I, I get it that they're just, you know, want to, to know, but like for me, it's a cringeworthy thing for you all because it's like, well, yeah, I, I play, but like if if I, you know, if I was good enough or if like you knew enough, like you would know who I am. So it's just right. kind of like that. It's like that awkward, weird thing that I feel for you guys. Like, I remember, you know, being in public and someone will come up and say something like that to somebody. I'm just like, oh, just either yeah. know their name or don't come up. Like, or don't say nothing. Right. Just yeah. say, hey, I saw a Tennessee football player today. He was tall. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Your story's not going to be cooler because you went up and asked him what his name was. Right. <laughs> didn't know me before. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ah, oh, all right, Jacob. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, wait, 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 wait. I, I I got one more. I got one more for Jacob. If, if you got time, if you could have one moment, one play, one drive, or one game back, any of them from from this season so far, what would you what would you have? I think you know the answer to that question. 
Oh, I, I actually don't. I, I know what I would be if I was a player, but I don't want to say that. Mine would be Ole Miss. Oh, wow. Okay. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would wow. just do this. I would do this right here with the ball. That extended yeah. right over. That little, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, Jacob? You know what, Jacob? You should have made me guess because I would have just been like, uh, I don't know, the Florida game. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, no, I that for sure. About, Definitely that I one, too. I forgot about that old Miss play. I, honestly, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, you, that's that's nothing on your on your part. I mean, yeah. you did everything you could, so – yeah, and, and uh, people don't realize watching at home, we don't see the yellow line on the field. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it's not that like it's not that obvious. <laughs> it's not that obvious to be like that's the first down. <laughs> Why wouldn't he just like put the ball right on the yellow line? Like, dude, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Hey, so. no, no, I feel bad because I didn't think it, I completely <laughs> forgot all about that. Like, there's so much that happened in that yeah. in that in that game that. I don't even revert back to that that play, but now I feel terrible because Jacob's well, like this probably, loser. This probably, loser. That was the worst me time of my whole season. You should buy it back up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. No, I was going to say no. it was probably it's probably nice that people are forgetting about it. And Jacob's one hundred percent. Yeah, please. Well, please don't I remember mean, that. As a fan, if if you want to be honest, like if I'm thinking about that game, these are the things I'm thinking about. Kiffin's a clown. I'm thinking about the nonsense from the fans. I'm thinking about um the the players going down on the injury stuff and then yeah. like uh, the last play of the game like those are what i'm i, I didn't even think yeah. about that play no yeah definitely the mustard bottle and the golf ball and the bottles and stuff all that kind of covered up the fact that i didn't get the first down they were more worried about that and the fact that i didn't convert so it's all good it's all good all right well appreciate you coming on man thank you yeah. so much um and you know let's go beat vandy huh yes Hey, hey, keep balling out and, and best of health. I know it's only one, well, hopefully two more games, but just keep doing what you're doing. You're making everybody here proud, so it's awesome. It's good to hear. I really appreciate y'all. All right. See you, bud. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoyed that amazing interview with Jacob. Uh, love that he came on. Hopefully we can get him on again. Uh, Talks, you know, during the off season, maybe during bolt prep. Uh, but now – uh, that, you know, we have a little extra time. Let's talk about the rest of the SEC. And biggest headline, you know, a few hours before we record this, Dan Mullen out at Florida. Fired, uh, decided himself not to coach the Florida State game as a uh, maybe a distraction. So, Reed, I just want to ask you about your take from earlier in the year of Mullen being a better coach than Kirby Smart, not recruiter, but coach. Coach, right? And right. How how your take feels now that Dan Mullen is fired? So it's funny. I'm glad you brought this up, man. This is nice. I'm sitting up in my chair because I feel like I just got got attacked. No, not attacked. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, well, first off, I wanted to say thanks for Jacob jumping on. He's he's a good dude, man. He's a nice guy. Boy, looking smooth. Got the got the nice glasses on. Just looking swaggy. Of course, I feel horrendous and terrible about asking him about the. I mean, I was just like, as a player, as a player, we all have a play or a drive or a game of possession. And I kid you not, Kyle, I swear on everything. When I asked him that, I, I was thinking, and he was like, and I think he goes, Oh, really? Like, you're going to ask me that? And I, I was going to guess what, Florida? Because they're in the dumpster fire now. So you guys want to go whip them? 
But then he was like, I wish I would have reached the ball out against Ole Miss. And I was like, oh, and I seriously feel so like I, I feel so bad about it. He handled it well. And I, I need to text him or like get his number from you or DM him by pro. Like I did not, I completely forgot about it. I did because there was so much other crap that happened in that Ole Miss game. It was like 40 so, extra minutes of gameplay because there was 30 minutes of delayed time with yeah. people throwing shit on the field. So it's like you forgot that even happened. I, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, it's it's weeks later, and I don't think about that as a reason that like they lost or anything like that. But Jacob's such a good guy, uh, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, Kyle, I still think Dan Mullen is a better coach, um, game day coach, and than, than Kirby Smart. And I don't think it's for for me. Like, I just don't even think it's really a question. But that's the that's the beauty of college football. Like, you might not have to be the better coach. Like if you just have the better players and you let some of your other coaches coach them up and, and do those things. And I think if I think it was Kirby that took the shot at Dan Mullen uh, after they beat him and beat him handily, he's like, you know, it doesn't matter about the X's and O's if you don't have the Jimmy's and Joe's. And like, so, and it's funny to talk about this too, because in the group of my buddies and people that I know, like they, we have some people that we jokingly call like, major Dan Mullen fans. Like, they they love him. Like, they were very impressed with what he did at Mississippi State. And then when he got the job at Florida, they were so upset that he didn't come here and that, that we didn't get him. But, like, you, we learn as we go. Like, I knew what he was doing at Mississippi State, but I'm not tied – I'm not, like, locked into Mississippi State. And then we're seeing what he does at Florida, but I'm not locked in on his recruiting classes and who he's bringing in and who he's not. I don't care. Like, I'm more – you know, I'm just focused on Tennessee – and so, like, I felt like in the best thing that you can say in life, but really in sports, is life comes at you fast, like very, very fast. A, a few months ago or a few, yeah, mo- a couple months ago, he was being talked about as how he competed with Alabama and took them to the wire and had a chance to win that game. And now it's November, whatever, I don't even know what day it is. And 21st. he does, what is it, 21st? 21st. Yeah, November 21st, and he doesn't have a job. And it's like, I don't know why Dan had that, like why he kind of almost, you know, kind of killed himself off, basically. What I mean, like kind of put the nail in his own coffin by saying what he said about the recruiting, which is the most asinine thing that you can say after, you know, being asked about that. And then how he reacted about some stuff. And then – you know, today or last night when that video was out about after he lost and he looks like he's got like a smirk on his face. And and maybe like people are reading too much into stuff. Maybe he is still pissed, but he's just being a, a professional and saying, you know, to uh, Eli Drinkwitz, like, hey, good game, man. Like you guys won. Like, you know, well, you know, whatever. I, I don't know what that is, but like it's just life comes at you fast. And like he literally was the head coach at a top five, eight, ten job. And now he's unemployed and it happened like that. And it's yeah. crazy what happened if you can lose a team. And I still think he's a good game day coach. I think he's good. I probably not as good as I thought he was, but I mean, I just like, I, I don't, this whole argument, like he doesn't have the talent that Georgia has. Like I, like I understand that Georgia has a lot of talent. Like Kirby smart has had a top five class, like three years in a row, four years in a row. But I like I don't care about that. Like like <laughs> it, that like he should still be able to perform with the guys he has on his team. I know that he has five stars on his team and four stars, and 
and guys that want to compete. And it's like this, his record and him falling apart the way that he has tells me that he's not a good on the field coach. I don't think it tells me he doesn't have the right guys in there. I think it tells me he's not performing on the field like he should be as a coach, or he's not getting these guys ready to play or up to play like he should be like, what was it last week? Who'd they play with that? They were losing it. What was it? Samford. Yeah. That they were losing at halftime. And it's like, what, like that is an example of just being like, you don't have your guys ready to beat the crap out of this team. Like that should have been what we just did at South Alabama, but it wasn't. And I've told you a thousand times that head coaching is not about X's and O's. It's about motivation. It's about judge of character um, and, and just being able to like trust and get guys to trust you. Like that's all it is. It has nothing to do with what schemes you run or how good you are at um, drawing up plays or blitzes or anything like that. Like it's like all about motivation. Most head coaches don't even coach well, offensive well, me, defense. I, I know, but I just think it's changing a little bit. Like I think some of the ones that you see – that are the better ones. Well, maybe not because, you know, you really don't know who's calling and what's not calling or whatever. I, I think Saban allows his people to do it. I think Kirby allows his people to do it. I'm not sure. I, I think Ryan Day calls his own place, doesn't he, um, at Ohio State. And, I, I you know, I get, I get what you're saying. It's really hard for me as a Tennessee fan, and I just watched what Josh Heupel did. And, like, he is calling his own plays, and I do think scheme and some of that stuff matters. Um, if someone wants to say it's 60-40, players matter more than scheme and, and whatever, uh, you know, I, I can – I can if you want to say 50-50, 60-40, either way. Like, I, I know there's an argument either way, but I would disagree, and I still, I still think Dan Mullen can put a good game plan together. He can still call some good games. So I would disagree and say that he's still a decent game day coach, but he maybe isn't a good traditional head coach like what you're saying. At yeah, that it's level. like you can be a good game day ho- coach and be a good offensive coordinator. Right, right, right. But right. you need that yeah. other stuff to be a good head coach. Correct, correct. And he lost the team, just like we saw Dooley lost the team, Butch lost his team, and Pruitt. They all three lost their teams in the last in the last. Uh, year or the last part of the last season before they got fired and that's what's happened down there like when you lose a team like it's over like they're out there and they're just you know kind of go through the motions like maybe trying but like it's not the same when you lose a team and so yeah I mean uh, yeah so I mean it'd be ignorant for me to say that like he's a better coach than, than Kirby Smart because the results have to matter in some way and like he fell on his face so I don't know what the hell's gonna happen I don't know if he'll go get like a I'll be interested, man. I, I don't know if he's going to go get like a mid-major job. Not a mid-major, uh, but like a – You know what he'll non- do is Bill O'Brien will get a OC job in the NFL, and then he'll go be OC at Bama. Yeah, that's just true. A, <laughs> Saban has just made it into like the reincarnation school. Like he just brings in coaches to like reinvigorate their careers. But, and I agree. I, I don't necessarily think that he's had a big of a fall off as some of those others. Like he hasn't been as bad as – a a Kiffin or Bill O'Brien or a Sark, you know, Sark was battling the addiction problems and, you know, had alcohol. So, I mean, like, you know, Dan Mullen could go do a 
smaller power five school or group of five school and ball out and try to work his way back up. Or he could go to Bama. So you're, you're right. I don't know. That's why I'm interested to see. Cause I think he's still, he's still like a Gus Malzahn where it's like, he can go get like a, you know, a UCF job. Like once that Gus got, once he got fired at, at Auburn. Yeah. So, so two other news coaching news in the, in the sec. One is the rumor of Jimbo Fisher to LSU. And Jimbo just straight up denying it, saying he'd never do it, which I am just like, don't ever believe a coach. And then what's coming out about Lane Kiffin, the fact that he is saying he would be interested in the Miami job if it came available. I don't know if the Miami job is going to become available, but the Florida job is open. So do you think either of those guys would leave where they're at right now and go to those schools, LSU and Florida. Well, one thing you didn't bring up is the Lincoln Riley stuff. Yes. Lincoln Riley also to LSU, but I just, I feel like they're like, it is so dumb for him to leave Oklahoma and go there. See, I disagree completely. And this is why, this is why. If Oklahoma was going to stay in the big 12, I completely agree that he would be so dumb to leave. You have a cakewalk every year. Well, <laughs> I suppose a cakewalk if he has his crap together and not out there losing to a bunch of jabronis or having tight games with Kansas and all that and then finally losing. But he played too many close games. You're going to play with fire. You're going to finally get burned. But a an easier cakewalk than the SEC West or the SEC in general. But since they are – Oklahoma is coming into the big boys, then why would you not go to LSU? Because – in my opinion, LSU could arguably be the number one, two, or three best job in all of America. LSU, with the talent that they have in that state and uh, the support and the fans and the culture and all that, there's not many schools that the last three coaches they've had have all won a national championship. That's true. You know, like Saban won a national championship there. Then you have Les Miles, who is just a clown. He wins one there. He could have won two. And then you got Ed Orgeron, which Coach O, to me, I've always thought he's – I just don't think he's a very good coach, like a head coach-wise. I mean, like you said, he did us all the rah-rah and they fired up and play hard for him. But, like, he got really fortunate with, you know, maybe the best offense and maybe the best team that we've seen in college football and then Joe Brady. And it was just a great mixture. But, like, I never thought that that was going to be a long-term uh, six, sustained success for him. And a lot of people – I'm not – What's that? You, you're, I can't hear your things in and out. <laughs> I said, go Tigers. Oh, oh okay. So, yeah, like and, and like I said, I'm not saying, oh, I called that. There's 90% of people who are all making the jokes like they won the national championship this year and he'll be on the hot seat next year. Everyone was saying it. So, um, if I was Lincoln Riley, I would strongly consider LSU just because Oklahoma, Oklahoma's going to have to come here and play anyways. But for Kiffin, man, I don't know much. I mean – Dude, you, that guy, he, he'll, he'll jump to another school if he thinks it's a better opportunity or, or, or more money or whatever. He just loves the attention and stuff. And I don't know how he likes living at Ole Miss. I don't know how he thinks. But I can promise you if I was him, I would rather play – I'd rather go to Miami because the ACC's a dumpster fire. And he's going to have – I mean, if he goes down there and gets some talent out of that, you know, South, South Florida area and he gets him a quarterback, dude's going to be top five, top eight top 10 every year because just he'll get the preseason hype and then their schedule is going to be super weak. So yeah, I, 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 I don't think, I don't think enough coaches in Miami have used the 
absolute unimaginable pipeline of alumni that they have of guys that have played in the NFL that are absolute legends. Like why is Michael Irvin not someone you asked to FaceTime a recruit or Ray Lewis or just anybody like any guy, Vince Wilfell, like literally there's so many players from Miami that it's like, get them on the phone with a recruit and let them know like, Hey, Miami's the place to be. Those, a lot of those guys in the eighties, like, Tell them, like, I was making money when it wasn't – you weren't allowed to make money. So now yeah. you guys come to Miami. Miami is the biggest city, one of the biggest cities in the world. Like, NIL deals, football. Like, it, I feel like Lane See, is dying to be there. Like, why would you not want to be in Florida, even if it is the Florida Gators, over Ole Miss? Like, no one, yeah. like you don't want to be in Mississippi. Well, I just don't – yeah, the Miami thing is very odd to me. Um with Manny Diaz and uh, the other guy that they hired, Al, whatever, uh, Al Golden, I think, when he was always wearing the ties. And then they had Mark Rick there. And I get, like, I just, you know, maybe a, a somewhat younger guy who will play into like, all, the, all the social media and all this stuff and all the branding. But I do think that they do try to bring those guys back to the Michael Irvins, the Ed Reeds, the Ray Lewises. Like, I think they try to get those guys involved. But – for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. It hasn't panned out. And I don't, I don't know why, like, you know, whatever, but I think he would crush it there. And then with Florida, I mean, I could see him going to Florida and, and, and doing fine there as well. I mean, he still has to play, you know, Georgia or Bama in the SEC championship and stuff like that. But I, with Kiffin, man, like, I don't really know. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at Florida, Miami, hell, if freaking Lincoln Riley leaves to go to LSU and Kiffin goes to LSU, and then I'm not going to be surprised if some of these ADs don't want to deal with Kiffin. You know what I mean? Like, so he's just such a wild card to me. And I actually, I actually believe Jimbo that he wouldn't leave. Like, he's built, he like, first off, he makes a ton of money at Texas AM. Like, they have a great uh, just backing and support and all that stuff. And like, he's brought in some really good recruiting classes. And like, like he even said, like he'd be kind of dumb to leave now. And, you know, so I, I, I actually kind of believe him. Like I don't necessarily see him leaving there right now. I think it's I think it's dumb for him to leave, but I don't think that means he wouldn't. Oh, like if, yes, yes. You know what yes. I mean? Like it is definitely dumb for him to leave there. He's built so much there and they're on the rise and they're literally right there. I mean, they just beat Bama this year. Like they're so close to breaking through. So for him to leave, I think is dumb, but – if LSU is like, hey, here's this much money, like, I, I just don't think I, – I don't think you can take coaches by their words at this point. Like, with all that has happened in the past, like, you really just cannot believe coaches. And they're like, no, 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 I wouldn't leave. doesn't matter yeah. how much money they offer it, me, I wouldn't leave. And you never know what's going on behind the scenes with maybe boosters that they don't like at their current school, with maybe some higher-ups that they don't like at their up other school. And all it takes is someone to get a little frustrated and think that the grass is greener. But – you know, my grandfather always said, and he was he he would say it serious and he would say it joking, but he's like, money talks and bullshit walks. And it's true. Like you can sometimes write checks, man, and you know, and and people I mean here and all that crap and wanted to keep Pruitt. So I was happy they got rid of of, of Fulmer. And then everyone was saying, Well, I don't think we can get rid of Pruitt this year because it's a COVID year and all this money and the buyout and stuff. Can you imagine if we let him come back another year? And we ended up firing him midway through the season because he doesn't do a good job, good enough job. And now we have to compete with USC, LSU, Florida, 
and all these for some coaches. And I'm like, I mean, it would be, it would be crazy. And so it just, we got really fortunate and I still, like I said, things can change. I hope they don't, but right. You know, things could always, you know, change or get worse or whatever, but I just think we are extremely, extremely lucky to have, you know, Hypel and Danny White, you know? Yeah. I completely agree. Um, All right. Great pod. Uh, great week going into Vandy. So super excited about that. Um, appreciate you guys watching, listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Turn on that notification bell. Get in the comments. Let us know what you think. Talk to the other people in the comments. Make friends. Make enemies, possibly. Um, if you're listening, make sure and review. Make sure and follow. Make sure and download uh, and re-download. That you know always helps with the numbers. Um, and if you want to contact us, uh, email believeintennesseefootball at gmail.com, phone number 865-322-9232, um, and follow us on social media uh, at Kyler Kerbison on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, at rbacon26 on Twitter for Reed, at Believe in Tennessee on Twitter for our main account, um, and reach out, uh, you know, send us tweets, let us know how we're doing. Uh, we love the support. And love you guys. Uh, just really, you're the ones who make this podcast really worth it. So let me say something so much. Let me say something too. Um, I just realized, so we're putting this pod out on Wednesday. So I want to wish everybody a uh, happy Thanksgiving. And it's so perfect because you were just talking about the fans. And we're very thankful for anybody and everybody that reaches out. Um, it was, I mean, it, it was amazing that, you know, Jacob reached out to you and that's why he ended up on the pod today was because he reached out to you about, uh, his mom had watched. And I think I, I'm not pretty sure his mom started following the account. So that was awesome to see. And, um, you know, and so we just, we're really thankful for anybody and everybody that listens that reaches out, everyone have a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. And, uh, we, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, you know, hug every family member you got and appreciate it. So thank you guys again uh, for watching, listening. And uh, as always, go balls. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.